This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Next on Plains FM, we have Movie Talk, a program for all things cinema-esque, for the discerning film and video junkie. Again to Movie Talk. Today we'll be looking at the life of the Manchester United soccer team's manager in Sir Alex Ferguson, Never Give In, and the surprising pop music legacy of an eccentric band in The Sparks Brothers. We'll also be talking to Nick Paris of the Lumiere Cinemas. I'm in service. My dad is a collapsed. The greatest British manager ever. What's his name, please? Alexander Ferguson. The lead character in the documentary Sir Alex Ferguson, Never Give In, is the highly respected former manager of the very successful Manchester United soccer team. Mary Gibson's been off to the Alice Cinemas to see this sporting documentary. Mary, I understand that you were already very familiar with this man, who was also the team's coach. Mm. What did you think of Sir Alex Ferguson, Never Give In? I thought it was really good, actually. I mean, I, I knew a lot about him because I followed Manchester City because, you know, when you have a son um, who's interested in sports, you know, ah, of course you ah. know all these things. And, um, and, and because my father had been very interested in football um, following the European teams, so I, I did have quite an understanding of it. But anyway, um, that aside, I think this was really good, actually, and I, I wondered if... Um, Alex Ferguson's son Jason had decided to make this documentary based on the fact that his father had had the brain hemorrhage. Yes, yes. And maybe he may, might not survive. Or yes. maybe because, I mean, he's so well known, it's not like his story isn't known, but to tell the story in his own words. Yeah, from his own angle. And from, from his, his own perspective, yeah. 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 So I think that, that I, I'm not sure, I haven't read up on that, but maybe that's why the, the documentary yeah. was made. Yeah. And I think he, he did a really excellent job of bringing this documentary get together in terms yeah. of, it's really a life story, and it starts right yeah. at the beginning. And he's got his own father basically telling it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because that's a fascinating thing, because the whole point is that <clears throat> the uh, Alex Ferguson had a uh, um, brain hemorrhage back in 2018, mm. and he was losing his memory afterwards, mm. and he's worried about that, what would happen and all this. And then it was his son who got onto this idea of making mm. it, because this is actually the first film his son Jason has ever made. Mm. I wouldn't have thought that. I mean, it's no, so... that's why I say I think he's done a really, really good job of it, and and it's very, it's interesting. It holds your interest all the way through. Yeah. You don't think, oh, where's this going to go, or what's going to happen? It's very sequential, and and it and it brings in interesting characters, you know, like Eric Cantona, and you know, Eric Cantona rather, and and you know, so it's 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 interesting to watch it, and and younger people who know about David. Beck 
Beckham and watching as oh, yeah. he's being brought through as a young player and really how Alex Ferguson, you know, was encouraged by his father to play football, but he had to do an apprenticeship first because back at that time, you know, Alex is, what, 78, 79 now, so he wouldn't have had a possibility of making a lot of money. Mm. And so his father said, no, you must do a career. You must have an apprenticeship. I think he was a fitter welder or something like that. And um, so he had to have this career before he could pursue another career in um, football. And then even, you know, the stories about how his... Um, how he was treated by his own uh, country, particularly in Aberdeen and the Rangers and those oh, clubs. Oh, up in Scotland. Yeah, 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 in terms of the fact that he was Protestant and his wife was Catholic. <laughs> and I really did not yeah. get, I mean, I know that's such a big thing in Ireland, but not so much in Scotland and how oh, this they is Glasgow also, we're in, mainly. Yeah, <laughs> how they also were very much, um, you know, in the same same ilk in the, you know, Protestants versus Catholics and how that played such a big part and mm. how he was treated and how poorly he was treated. Um, really surprising. You'd think that, you know, the fact that he was such a good coach and such a good manager would be irrelevant whether his wife was Catholic or Protestant, but no. So I think those pieces of information, you know, people know Alex Ferguson for what he's done with Man, Man United and Manchester, you know, Manchester City and how yeah, he's... Yeah, he really how, brought how Manchester back to yeah. the top of the European but, championships. But the earlier pieces, mm. I think, were really important in, mm. in shaping the man yes, and showing yes. how he moved to that point yes. in his and, life. And, of course, he admitted quite a few of the the other the more difficult aspects of himself, mm. such as, mm. uh, you know, his regret about... He was so involved with the team that he was working for, representing mm. um, mainly the Manchester one, um, that he didn't have the time to spend at home with his mm. family, mm. particularly with his three young sons mm. growing up. Mm. And I mean, and he's still feeling pretty, you know, difficult about is, that. Is Yet it, one of his sons has turned around and has been able to make this film about him. Yeah, but look, you know, isn't that interesting? Because that's so, so, such a part of that era, 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, <laughs> little wife at home, all those things. I was just reading about Jimmy, Jimmy and Rosalind Carter, and it's exactly the same thing. He treated her in the same way, you know, stay home and look yeah, after yeah, the kids. Yeah, that's her job. <laughs> I, I'll go and get on with mine. And then before he realised, she was much better at the politics. And I think Kathy Ferguson was exactly the same. She was such a strong influence behind her husband, you know, and what, what's that old saying? Mm. Behind every successful man stands an even more successful woman. Mm. And, um, you know, so, yeah, it, it, it is, it does bring to, to light a lot of those factors. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And of course, and uh, he is known, um, Ferguson is known uh, for his tough attitude and mm. all things. But to me, he came across as a very good, positive, caring person. Possibly this is him in later days and he wouldn't be quite the same when he was out there in the football field or <laughs> on the side of the football field or something. <laughs> oh, look, you know, that... I, I mean, I compete and, you know, you always want to have a go at your coach or your manager or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, but they have to control the team. And if they don't, they're not your friend. They're there to do a job. Yeah. And that's what they yeah, do. That's, yeah. They're not your friend. Yeah. And you have to remember yeah. well, that. Well, this is it. I mean, he, he had to dismiss a fire some of his uh, 
players, some mm-hmm. of his team members. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and of course, this has left him with uh, lost friendships afterwards, mm-hmm. which again he explains or talks well, about. Well, and, and one of the interesting ones is Gordon Strawn, who is, um, who, who, who's, current, who's in Scotland and coaching, and how he, ha- he actually fired him, and how, his, how Alex Ferguson's son, Jason, who has done the, this documentary, said, look, why don't you sit down and have a beer with the guy and talk about it? So a <laughs> friendship that had been broken in the 1970s or 80s was mended all these years yeah. later because of this. Mm. And he actually speaks in the documentary as well yeah. and, you know, doesn't speak negatively. It's really interesting. <laughs> well, well, I was amazed because I'm not particularly interested in sports myself and oh. his, his name didn't mean <laughs> thing to me. But I've mentioned this name, this film, and uh, this fellow, uh, Alex Ferguson, mm. to three other people besides yourself. Mm. And all of them knew of him. They of knew course. all about him and what he'd done. All of them told of me course. about him. Of and course. I'm sitting there thinking, God, I've never even heard of the bloke before. Oh, but so, yes. obviously... <laughs> we'll have to call um, you a Philistine when it comes to the sporting world. Well, yeah. well, well I've learnt a lot. <laughs> okay, well, it's well worth seeing. It's, it's on its last um, days at the Alice's now, but this coming week it will still be showing three times during the uh, the next this coming week. So people who want to see this or should go and see it, mm. they can still catch it at Alice's, but they'll have to check on the days and the times for that. Mm. Okay, well, thank you, Mary. That was Mary Gibson with her views on Sir Alex Ferguson, Never Give In, and I'm Hans Petrovic on Movie Talk on Plains FM 96.9. With me now is Nick Paris of the Lumiere Cinemas with news on the arthouse movies coming to his theatre at the Art Centre. Nick, the French Film Festival is on its last day in Christchurch today. Uh, last year, it had to be stopped about halfway through because of the COVID lockdown. I believe it did much better this year. Yeah, phenomenally well. Um, and I guess the, the gateway and the reason for that is the fact that people can't travel. So they're wanting to travel or the departure lounge <laughs> well, cinema. Go to no, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, if you want to wander through the, the valleys of the Savon, you've got to watch the film or. Um, or various other locales and culture and food and all that. So it's all entombed in this uh, re-emergence of, yes, cinema being the, you know, the cultural collateral uh, while we're all stuck in this limbo. Yeah. Well, I was surprised because, you know, uh, I usually go during the daytime and most c- the cinemas, um, uh, when I get there, they're virtually empty. Mm. You get half a dozen people if, if they're lucky. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but uh, but I, I'd heard quite a few because this film fest, the French film festival was on at the Academy or is still on at yep. the Academy yep. at the moment. And both of you have had sort of... Um, uh, you know, booked out cinemas yep. or, or almost booked out cinemas. Mm. I mean, that to me is amazing at the moment, you know, with the COVID um, yeah. thing. Yeah, look, it's it's been overwhelming, to be frank. And uh, Yeah, so it's I think the festival's under new ownership for a start-off, so it's uh-huh. fresh new eyes behind it. And um, they've networked themselves very well with overseas distribution companies, and they know their stuff. So across the board, there's a really good, healthy array of all the genres. Um, oh, yes, and, and it, is. it certainly is. Yeah. A, a lot of them, uh, you know, I think the French Film Festival of late has become a little bit namby-pamby um, with these silly little comedies and stuff um, <laughs> that don't really make the grade. But now, uh, going forward and from this year onwards, um, the quality is definitely going to be ticked up. Wow. 
Okay, well, that's always good to know. And um, I believe some of the more, more popular of the films that were shown in the last fortnight, um, you, you'll be bringing s- several of them back to, to, to be continued. Yeah, on. and I don't... Uh, what, got anyone's yeah. in mind? Uh, yeah, I like don't that? normally like to sort of... Um, Propel them, you know, during a film festival well, because it I finishes mean, today. Showing today or tomorrow. That's so. right. So we've so got the Rosemaker, um, uh, the with Catherine the Trot, uh, Rosemaker. There's a lot of films about taste and smell. Perfumes was one, and then um, the Rosemaker is another one with Catherine Trot, who was excellent in Haute Cuisine, and she was President Mitterrand's cook um, from that film that came <laughs> out about three years ago. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, based on a true story. And um, so The Rosemaker and a thriller called Only the Animals uh, and How to Be a Good Wife, set in the 1960s in, the, yeah. in a French Catholic school. Um, and, yeah, hopefully delicious maybe later on in the year, but we'll see. So that'll be another food one, I assume. Of course, of course. Okay. But the, the runaway hit has been Antoinette uh, dans le Sav- in Savin, which yeah. um, we've got coming to. So, um Okay, another one that seems quite popular was that Man in the Hat. That's coming back? Yeah, yeah, on the 19th of August. And okay. um, again, there's another journey through all these lovely little, um, you know, small small villages. It's like you're on the wine trail, you know, in central Otago, you know, um, or, or the bloody Camino. You know, you can visit these little churches, hunker down and then have some food and drink a pint of good craft beer. Well, that man in the hat is his adventures um, and seeing all these yeah. unique ca- characters. Yeah, yeah there's not yeah. much narrative to it, but you don't really need it. You're just there for the journey and the ride. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sounds like good. Yeah, enjoyable. And so uh, with this first week, starting Thursday, which which ones is it that you've got on? Uh, so the, this starts today is Bye Bye Morons. Yeah, uh-huh. and the following week, Antoinette uh, in the Savant. Oh, so that's Savannah. the following week. Correct. So Bye Bye Morons, that's the only one you've got this Correct. week. Correct, yep. this week. Yep. Okay. Oh, well, that sounds fine. Hmm. Okay, well, I, I, I must get a chance to go. <laughs> oh, well, look, a lot of people have been disappointed. They haven't been able to get in, so now's the time to, you know, keep your eyes Catch peeled. Yeah. yeah. And and also, now that the French Film Festival's almost out of the way, you've got an Italian one coming up. Yeah, yeah, uh, August the 18th, um, and that's usually the spot for the um, International Film Festival, so I yeah. think they've honed in on that quite well. So the brochures are out now, and it's a mixture of classics, contemporary, uh, you know, comedies, dramas, uh, a couple of Sophia Loren films in there, Two Women and Marriage Italian Style. Mm-hmm. Uh, Visconti's The Leopard with uh, Bert uh, Lancaster, oh, yeah. uh, which is one of, one, of, one of the great all-time Italian epics. Um, yeah, yeah, so ooh la la. That's not that's not the right word, but <laughs> no, not quite. But that's close enough. But, um, so yeah, there's all these festivals. I'm sure. Well, I got a feeling after how well French ones done that this one could be a good mm-hmm. follow up to mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, and what also you've got this is a totally different. You got Charlie Chaplin coming yeah. back. So look, it's the hundredth centenary of, of his death, and um, it just so happens that it's the also the hundredth and of sorry anniversary of. No, it's the 100th anniversary of The Kid, which came ah, out in 1921. Cool. So I we're starting kicking that off in a couple of weeks, uh, midway through July, with this brand-new 4K restoration um, of that famous film with Charlie Chaplin and Jackie Gleason. Yeah. Cheeky little comedy. Yeah. And then following once a month, we've got all of his, um, most of his highlighted, you know, um, silent films and restorations, one a month. And then Have next you? year... Wow. 
Could, yeah, yeah, and then into next year is talkies, is talkies era, yeah, yeah. and we'll have one yeah. per month. That's when they called him Charles Chaplin. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I'd be certainly looking forward to get, catching up with um, uh, some of those. Mm, mm, and, mm. Um, okay, and... Uh, Otherwise, has things settled down pretty well at the Lumiere? Uh, well, I think the cinema industry is yet to settle down, and it's yeah. totally in transition and, and in, in, in an era of change. And I, I don't think it'll be settling down until next year, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, it's just, um, yeah, there's too many pervading winds and tsunamis. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You know, mm. we're all hanging in there, and we're all very upbeat, and, um, you know, one can signal... In, um, a positive step in, in the new cinema complex in Wigram being opened. Oh, yes, uh, that opens, supposed to open up towards the end of this month. Yeah. What, they got eight cinemas Eight cinemas there, there. yeah. Yeah, so that, look, that's a really good positive step in a, in a, for the exhibition industry as a whole. Yeah, they're quite, well, what, seat about 40, 50 people? Something like that, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so good yeah. on them, good on them. I think yeah. it's, it's great for the community out there and um, it's good for the industry yeah, as a what whole. What a wide choice. I mean, that's amazing that they can do that. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, these days it's a bit easier. They get their films off DVDs or sort of thing, show it off that. They yeah. don't need the yeah. big uh, rolls of celluloid films. Yeah, to, <laughs> yeah. So. It's had to take quite a bit of carting around. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I've got to think back, this is going back many, many years, you know, when Lang Masters, who's the oldest um, cinema owner here in town, um, when he first started, he used to have one cinema down at Brighton, one in Rickerton, I think. It yeah, was. one in Papineau, one and, a little town. Yeah, and, and he'd show the same film in both cinemas and he'd ride backwards and forwards from Littleton to Brighton or somewhere with these um, uh, reels, reels yeah. on his bicycle yeah. back and forth, forth. That's right, with oh, cars boy, or bikes. Oh, it was risky business, you know. Yeah. Especially you know, especially if you weren't there in time for the next changeover for the reel, you know. But yeah, he was a clever, clever entrepreneur. Oh, he's certainly dedicated to his job yeah. then and, and still is now. Yeah, for but, sure. Yep. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you okay. very much, Nick. You're welcome. That was Nick Paris of the Lumiere Cinemas with news on films coming to town. I'd like to thank the sponsor of the show, the Harcourt's Grenadier Accommodation Centre, which is now located at 98 Moorhouse Avenue. If you're looking for a place to live, check out the Harcourt's Accommodation Centre website, www.assetmanagers.co.nz. That address again, www.assetmanagers.co.nz. You can look up on Wikipedia and know nothing. We are Sparks, dude. Please welcome Sparks. Sparks. The rather offbeat documentary The Sparks Brothers is a musical odyssey through five weird and wonderful decades with Ron and Russell Mayle celebrating the surprising pop music legacy of their band, Sparks. Carolyn Brown's been off to the Alice Cinemas to see this rather whimsical film. Uh, Carolyn, had you ever before heard of the two lead characters in The Sparks Brothers? No, I hadn't. Neither had I. (laughs) I spent most of the movie going, where was I in the 80s? How did I miss out on this band? Well, they weren't doing this for 50 years. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, in the 90s, in the 70s, it was like... Did New Zealand, were they part of a bubble where none of their music was released here kind of Did thing? Did they ever get to New Zealand? <laughs> well, they never toured. 
So maybe that's part of the... the oh, they made it around it? Europe. They and, made it around Europe. And, and of course, in, in America, they're Los Angeles-born, yeah. but in, in the United States, the, most of the people there seem to think that they were English. Yeah, so we... <laughs> we normal for not knowing who they were. But anyway, that doesn't detract from reasons why you shouldn't go and see this film just because you've never heard of them, because you will come out thinking, hmm, I should have heard of them, because the music is actually not too bad. No, it's not. But no, this is the odd thing. I mean, to me, um, you could describe these two fellows as musicians' musicians. Mm. I think they were better known within their own music industry by all the other uh, musicians from different bands. They quite admire them for their... Tenacity. Yeah, their originality. (laughs) You know, they're always coming up doing new things and uh, and getting new sounds in, and and before other people got them in even, and and this sort of thing. I mean, Paul McCartney is a massive fan of theirs, apparently, so... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he was... About them. <laughs> yeah, well, this is it. I mean, because that was a funny thing. They born in in Los Angeles. They started off there. Didn't do all that well. They were wondering what to do. They decided to go over to London yeah, and to see the if they can and yeah. and uh, yeah, and pick up something off because the English uh, rock and roll scene was pretty high. And uh, you know, and this is the Beatles days and all yeah, those yeah. others. Yeah. And. Um, I think, and they made quite a big name for themselves, and then finally decided to go back to America, but with a sort of an English success behind them. And they also highly thought of in Germany and places like that. Yeah, the the, the tagline to the movie, the biggest band you've never heard of, yeah. is <laughs> so true. If the doc, and I really like the documentary is really well done. You can't get bored. At all, oh, can yeah. you? Because yeah. it, it flicks from different types of movie. It's got stop motion animation in there. It's got interviews. It's got actual music, so you're not an actual <laughs> coverage of them on top of the pop. So you're not. Yeah, yeah. This is this, this is directed by an Englishman, Edgar Wright. And he's made some of the other offbeat films like uh, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, that's about love. zombies yeah. and and Baby Driver and stuff. Yeah, like Baby that. Driver's pretty good. So he yeah. knows his stuff, and these guys know their stuff. As well, I think it's a very oh, yes. fascinating um, documentary, and you probably will go home if you're like me and go and ask all your friends, "Have you heard of this band?" <laughs> <laughs> Two of them yeah. had, so <laughs> yeah, they had. Yeah. But oh, yeah, it's um, no, that's it's, it's, it's absolutely um, amazing because <laughs> um, they're such odd characters because they they don't even look particularly look much alike. And, um, no, and the one's only... a more good-looking one. He's the singer. And the other one, he plays a piano. But he always sits there with a sort of a scowl on his does, face or yeah. a deadpan <laughs> look on his face. And that's all. And a sort of little black moustache. Because <laughs> that's funny such... about that. Because at first when he got that little moustache, he thought he'd better... He wanted to look like Charles Chaplin, Charlie, Charlie Chaplin, yeah. because he thought that was a good, cute, nice way to look. But everybody um, has associated it with Adolf Hitler <laughs> going around saying, he looked like Adolf Hitler. Yeah, it does. But this music is very much... I mean, this film is very much about the music. You don't learn a lot about their personal life. No. You learn a tiny little bit about their childhood and what mm. made them who they are. Their father was an artist and their mother... Yeah. Um, and he died when they were young. Um, but that's it. You don't yeah. learn anything no, else, no, that, which that, makes me think, hmm, is there a court case hiding away well, somewhere? I, no, but I mean, I, I, I just assumed off. Possibly they were gay and they didn't want to talk about it. So, but, but no, no this, uh, this was not the issue well, at all. It's not like, even they, covered. They had, no, one of them had certainly had female relationships. Yeah, he did. But yeah, sure, that's not. But that, I think that's because it's it's not what is important. This documentary is documenting 
the biggest band you've never heard of and the music <laughs> that they made. And that's whole the point. It's not about what they did in their private life or anything. It's about their music and, and how, why you should listen to them. Or and how highly they're thought of amongst <laughs> other musicians. Exactly. Hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Definitely worth a while. I'm glad I went to see it because yeah. I was like, I've never heard of these guys. I mean, I'm you glad get those um, uh, crazy songs that they sing. <laughs> there's a, there's a one. Um, this is on one of their later. Uh, they put out 25. 25 albums, yeah. Albums in 50 years. And uh, they, they they had one LP called Little Beethoven. And on that they had a song um, called... Um, uh, my, my baby's taking me home. Yes. And uh, this one fella stands there singing, repeating that, Is that one, the one line, that's just one line? Uh, over a hundred <laughs> times. Just stands there singing, My baby's taking me home, my baby's taking me. Now, what kind of a song is that? <laughs> think, but the thing is, he's not booed off the stage. No, no, no. They, they, all, they were way, clapping their hands and they're up in the air when he was I singing. They're all this. on acid. <laughs> generally, if I went to a band and that was the song that they played and they just sang one line over and over, Unless I was on something or really drunk, <laughs> I probably would walk out. But these guys, they have that charisma. People actually stayed and listened and yeah, enjoyed it, it yeah, and loved yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, it's, it's it's a fascinating film. It's it's thoroughly yeah, enjoying. Angst in your pants is apparently a song I should have known about. Angst in your angst in your pants. Oh, angst! I thought yes. it was ants. No. no. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> No. Okay. It's a time. long documentary. It's yeah. the longest documentary I've ever seen. Yes, yeah, over two through, hours again. Over yeah. two hours. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That was Carolyn Brown with her views on the Sparks Brothers. And I'm Hans Petrovic, inviting you to listen to Movie Talk again on Plains FM 96.9 at midday next Wednesday. Mm-hmm.